Good morning. How you guys doing today? Good? Awesome. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online right now. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. Uh, a couple things really quick before we get into the message. Uh, Matt and Tyler did such a great job of conveying. Dalton, Dalton Reisner is going to be here uh, next week. And, and so uh, because of the NFL rules, we're going to have to keep him separate uh, from everybody. He would love to sign autographs and take pictures and talk to everybody. But we just, we don't want to get him in trouble with the NFL or suspended or anything, okay? We want him to come back next year, okay? And so uh, next year, he will do all of that. He will take pictures and autographs. But uh, for next week, we're just going to keep him separate from everyone uh, due to just NFL rules and stuff like that. But it's still going to be an awesome Sunday. Invite someone who would never listen to me talk, but would listen to an NFL player talk, okay? Uh, Invite someone that doesn't know Jesus but loves football, okay, they will come, and I'm firing up Dalton this, this last week about then there's going to be people that need, that love football and don't know Jesus, and you're going to introduce them to Jesus next week, so it's going to be an awesome, awesome, fun week, all right? And then the other thing uh, that I wanted to talk about is, is baptisms coming up. Uh, if you've given your life to Christ over the last couple weeks or even months and never gotten baptized, I want to encourage you to take your next step. It is your uh, public declaration of faith, and, and you need to do that. It's a very powerful moment for you and your relationship with Jesus uh, to take that public declaration of faith. I want to encourage you to go sign up at the Welcome Center. Uh, man, Friday night is going to be awesome. Um, April 28th, we're going to, huh? April 30th, thank you for that. Uh, it's going to be an awesome time. Sean B is going to be releasing his new single. We're going to be baptizing people, and then we're going to be worshiping. Those of you that have never been to a worship night, it's just an extended response time. Every Sunday, we have about uh, 12 to 15 minutes of response time where you can go to the cross, the altar, or prayer. That's what it's going to be. It's just going to be a time for us to respond to God. It's going to be really, really powerful, and I want to encourage you to do that again. Sign up for baptism. If you got sprinkled as a, as a baby, that doesn't count, okay? You need to make that decision uh, to go public with your relationship with Jesus. And so you will not be the only one. We have seven people already signed up uh, to get baptized, so I want to encourage you to do that, all right? Okay, last week, I told you that this series, Shaken, was going to be a mini-series. I lied, okay? I'm sorry. I lied, okay? Um, this has never happened to me before where, uh, I don't know if it was after first service or second service, but I was here at the altar, and God just began to speak to me what He wanted me to talk about uh, this week, and He was just pouring into me just all types of things that He wanted to talk about, and so this will be a four-part series. We're just going to hit it, pause for a couple weeks, and then we'll come back and continue this series called Shaken. So let's recap really quick from from last week. Shaken, we've all been shaken, right? When God shakes the earth, this this last year of pandemic and and just our lives have been completely shaken up, our our health, our schedule, our our kids, right? Our jobs, some of our finances, and everything has been shaken up. And many times God will use a season uh, where we're getting shaken up and, and what we talked about this, this season of struggle bus, right? We talked about we're on a season of a struggle bus, that this shake and our lives have been 
so shaken up that all of us are on a struggle bus. And two things I wanted you to remember from last week is one, we're all on a bus named struggle. We all struggle with different things in our lives, but we can pick our bus driver. Okay, and last week, many of you fired your bus driver because you realized, come on, you realized Otto from The Simpsons was driving your bus, okay? And you needed to fire him and, and you realized that you were struggling, but worry was driving your bus. And, and because the whole point of the struggle bus is that it's going somewhere. It's taking us somewhere. And so realizing, hey, we're all struggling and we're all struggling together. Okay, and, and, and realizing that, uh, man, God doesn't want us to struggle alone. God doesn't want you to struggle alone. Invite someone in on your struggle. We all struggle with different things. Um, but man, uh, struggle is taking us somewhere. And, base, and so where is the bus taking us? Okay, where is the, the struggle bus taking us? The struggle bus is taking us, the goal is to maturity. God many times allows struggle to bring us into a place of maturity. Now, I'm just going to warn you today, okay? I was a little, um, I, I don't usually get nervous, but I was nervous for a service. Um, because this is one of these, this is not a normal sermon today. This is not a, a normal uh, a message, this is not a normal talk. And here, here's the reason why, okay, here's the reason why. God spoke something to me yesterday morning in my prayer time, and, and he, he was really clear. And he said, listen, Andrew, Passionate Life Church, this church, your church, is at a tipping point. Okay? I'm like, okay, God, what does that mean? He said, you guys are at the tipping point of seeing God do something great. You're at the tipping point uh, of experiencing a great move of God, like Power, presence, miracles. You're, you're at a tipping point. You're, you're, you're so close, but you need to start talking to my people differently. And your goal needs to be bringing them into maturity. And this morning, my pastor uh, texted me and, and an encouragement, and he said, man, I've been praying for you this morning, and I just really believe that God wants your church to experience a revival, and that God wants you, your, this church, to experience a powerful move of God. And so if this is going to happen, if this is going to happen, uh, I, I need to start talking differently uh, to you every, every Sunday. And, and you're like, some of you are like, well, what do you mean? Because the goal needs to be maturity. The goal needs to be that every week we are growing closer and closer to Jesus. And the way we do that is the way is that I graduate you from the kiddie table to the adult table today. Come on. So today is an adult conversation today, okay? This is an adult conversation today, and the whole goal is that we would focus, and here's why, here's why. This is what the Lord said. He says, because the people here, you're hungry. You're hungry. Like, like you're ready. The reason why you're coming here is you're hungry for a move of God. You're hungry for the power of God. You're hungry to see God do miracles. You're hungry to see God have breakthroughs in your life. Like you're, you're ready. You're sick of the normal and just, just living life day to day. Man, you're ready for a move of God. And because you're hungry, you're ready 
to become mature and take that next step. Now listen, I know here in this church we have a vast difference of where people are at spiritually. There's some of you that are on the fence. You, you don't even know what you believe yet. And I want to say, man, we're so thankful that you're here today. Man, just keep showing up, okay? Just keep giving God a try. Keep seeking because you will eventually find Jesus. And then I know that there's people here that are just weeks, just weeks into the relationship with Jesus. This is all brand new to you. And let me tell you, you are in the greatest place of your life because, listen, because you don't have religious back, uh, baggage like most of us do, okay? You're a clean slate. Man, and let me tell you, you're going to grow faster than, 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 than us with, you know, religious baggage that we're bringing into this relationship. You're going to grow. God's going to do great things in your, your life. Um, and, and so you're in an awesome place. And then I know that there's people that have been serving God for 50 or 60 years in this place today. And I just want to encourage you, you are never done growing. You are never done maturing. God still has more that he wants to do in your life. All right, let's pray. And then we'll get in God's word today. Father, I thank you for this moment. God, I thank you for every person that's in this room today. God, it is not by mistake that they're here. You've, you've placed them here to hear a word from you, God. God, I, I just... I need your help this morning. I need double help this morning from you, Jesus. And so I just ask, God, that you would help me get out of the way. Let it be none of me and all of you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Colossians 1, 28 through 29. This is the Apostle Paul. He says this, So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect. And a better Greek translation is mature. Okay? That's, that's a better Greek translation. Instead of perfect, it's, it's mature in their relationship to Christ. So that, that's what Paul is saying. Like, like my whole goal in, in, in this planting churches and starting churches all over the world is, is that people would mature. People would grow in their relationship with Christ. He says, that's why I work and struggle so hard. Like, this is why he's struggling. This is why he goes through all of these struggle, imprisonment, and beatings, and, and being stoned. Like, like, this is why he goes through it all, is to see people mature in their relationship with Jesus. And so, the Apostle Paul is saying, look, the most important thing after receiving salvation from Jesus is that you mature, is that your goal is that I'm always maturing, I'm always growing in Jesus. He's like, man, this is why I struggle so hard. And depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me, this is such an honest statement by Paul. He's, he's saying, depending on where I'm at with the Holy Spirit that day, depends on how hard I struggle. He's saying, man, if the power of the Holy Spirit is working through me, the struggle's not as hard, right? But, but, but man, if I'm not feeling it that day, the struggle is even harder, right? He's such an honest, I mean, there's, he's such an open book. I love the Apostle Paul, but he's saying, look, this is why I struggle. I struggle because I want people to mature in their relationship with Jesus. And that is my heart as your pastor, is that we would grow is that we would mature, that you would constantly and consistently be taking your next step, steps with Jesus. Okay, so the Apostle Paul in, in the book of Ephesians, he's 
describing the role of pastors and leaders, okay? And so I want to show you that today in Ephesians 4, 12 through 13. Because this is my goal too. Their, their responsibility, he's talking about pastors and leaders, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. And so my role as your pastor is to equip you that you would be built up every single week and, and also in life group, that man, that you would get built up, that you would get equipped. So when you leave this building, you are confident and you are walking in the boldness of the Holy Spirit, that you would love people to Jesus better than you did yesterday. Okay, man, that, that's my role as your pastor is to build you up, to equip you because God has a work for you. God has a work for you in your, your life. And then he says, and to build up the church, the body of Christ. In this season, I'm just focused on building us up, encouraging us to, to take that next step with God. Because what happens in that, when, when you're feeling equipped, when you're feeling built up and confident in boldness of the Holy Spirit, what, it, what happens is it brings unity to this body. This will continue until we will all come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be what? Mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And so what happens when a church gets built up, what happens when a church is doing the work that God has called them to, unity comes upon that place. And I'm telling you right now, when unity comes, the power of God follows. When unity comes, the power of God comes. Jesus prayed this over his disciples, that his disciples would be as unified as Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and the Father. Because he knew if a church, if a body of Christ could get as unified as, as him and the Father and the Holy Spirit, man, the power of God, a move of God would follow. And so that is my heart for us today in this church and in our lives is that we would see a great move of God happen in our own lives, but, but together as a church. Let's continue. Ephesians 4.14. And you can leave up this passage for a while. I'm going to be talking about it. Then we will no longer be immature like children. So the Apostle Paul is saying, I want you to be mature. And I think this is something that we need to understand that we can be immature in our relationship with God. That, that the goal is maturity, but we also have to recognize where we're at with God that we can actually be immature in our relationship with Jesus. Now, okay. Again, there's some of you that are brand new to this faith thing, to Jesus thing, and that's awesome. And where you need to start, you need to start understanding the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the redemption of God, the forgiveness of God. Like, that's where you're at today, okay? But I don't want to keep talking baby talk to you for the next 10 years. Right? And I think, hmm. And this is what's happened to the American church. We've allowed, and listen, I'm, it's, the, it's the pastor's fault, okay? It's nobody's fault but the pastor's. And we've just allowed people to stay immature in their faith. 
and we're just okay with them showing up once in a while, throwing some money in an offering plate, and calling it a day. And the reason why is because pastors are scared if we push our people, people will stop coming. People will stop showing up. And when you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus didn't give a rip who showed up. And that's hard for a pastor. I'm just letting you know, right? Like Jesus would preach to 20,000 and then say, okay, you got to drink my blood and eat my body. And there was only 12 left. And the 12 were looking around and like, should we keep going? I mean, this guy's weird. So here's the problem when real struggle comes, right? The church scatters because we have a bunch of immature people and it's not, listen, it's not the church, it's not the people's fault, it's the pastor's fault because it's, it's, it's been in this place where a lot of pastors have been preaching from, from, from a place of fear, okay? So if we can be mature, the goal is mature, we can be immature like children, Okay? We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching, okay? So this is why it's important that we get mature in Jesus is because there's going to be all of these, and it's happening right now as I speak. For years, it's been happening. All of these new ideas and doctrines and theologies have been infiltrating the church since the Apostle Paul, since the disciples. And they, they dealt with false teachers all of the time. And so if we're not mature, if we don't, have a good grasp of what the Bible says, it's going to be very easy for us to be blown and tossed about by every new teaching that comes about. You, James, the brother of Jesus, says that these people are, are, are just, you know, they're blown and tossed and they actually don't even have faith and God doesn't even answer their prayers because they just don't, they're wishy-washy. They're all over the place. And, and so this is why it's so important that we come into this place of maturity and, and, and knowing this, this book, okay? Knowing this book for ourselves. Let's read that last sentence and then we'll, we'll, we'll continue to unpack it. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Like this is how Satan works. He, he speaks lies with truth in it. And this is why I push this so hard. Is that you would know this book for yourself. You need to know what this book says for yourself. And some of you are like, well, where do I start, okay? Start anywhere but Leviticus. Don't start there, okay? <laughs> You'll be lost, all right? Like, don't start there. <laughs> If you're brand new, start in Luke and go into Acts. I mean, you, you, you got it right there. Luke, Luke Acts, Luke wrote Acts. It's great. He writes it from beginning to end. He's a great historian. That's a great place to start. But we need to know what this Bible says for ourselves because, and then as your pastor, listen, and again, this is the, the, the struggle, is that I know some of you, some of you in this place, 
I will, you will be here forever. God has rooted you and planted you. You will be here forever. I will do your funeral. Your funeral is going to be awesome. People will cry. People will get saved. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to do a great job. I just know some of you, like, you, this is where you live. This is your home. You're not leaving. And then there's some of you that uh, I'll, I'll get maybe a decade with you. Life will move you on. You'll move places. And Denver's become a very transient city. And people come in and out. It's expensive to live here. And I just know that, you know, I might have 10 years with you or, or five or a couple. Or, or unfortunately, and I hope this isn't the case, only a couple months. Because if, if you switch churches from month to month to month to week to week to week, I'll tell you right now, you are immature. Hey, I just want to remind you, Dalton Reisner's preaching next week. <laughs> so you can still come to church. Because what, what happens is, is you, you're like a potted plant. You, you just get uprooted and then uprooted and you replanted, replanted, replanted. And you never allow your roots to grow down deep. And so you never grow tall because and, and, you're never planted in a church. So here's the deal with, with a new teaching, okay, that, that's infiltrated churches. And listen, we're having an adult conversation here, okay? Um, because I, I need you to know, progressive Christianity, essentially, this is what they believe, and they will never come out and tell you. That, that's the tricky part. Like, there's no church that's going to put it on their website, hey, because here's what they, they don't believe that the Bible is the inherent word of God. They don't believe it. They, they believe that it's a good book, but they can use other resources to preach that are just as good as the Bible, okay? They, they don't believe that it's the inherent word of God. They don't believe that the Holy Spirit wrote every single word in this book. Um, they believe that they can pick and choose which scriptures to preach from and which, which not to. Okay. Here at Passionate Life Church, we believe that this is the inherent word of God. Every word in this is from God. God wrote this book for us. And so here, here's the issue with it. Here's the issue with it. That... We don't view this, this book as God. This book is Jesus. John says the Word became flesh. The Word became, like this is Jesus. And so we've, we've come into this, the, 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 this time of, of church where it's, it's literally like going to the old country buffet and picking what you like and, not, and don't like. You want to have Jello for dinner? Have Jello for dinner. You're at the Old Country Buffet, right? And 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 you can't do that with the Word of God. And and, and well, we we like certain things, but but we don't like the parts that talk about certain sins because we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, because culture sees one thing this way, and we don't want to talk about those things in church, because we don't want to offend anybody. Listen, you, you, that's not how you use the Bible. If your opinion differs from the Word of God, the problem's not God, the problem's you.
And so when, when the word says that homosexuality is a sin, it's a sin. Same with drunkenness and gossip and slander and, you know, all the sins that we don't like to talk about in church, like gossip and slander? Like, like it, it, it's... And so we, we have this tendency to, to pick what we like and not like. And one of the biggest things is on the church. I talk to people all the time. They're like, Jesus, oh yeah, he's cool. God, oh yeah, I like him. But the church, oh, no, thank you. Listen, you hang around church long enough, you're going to get hurt by someone. You will get offended, okay? Why? Because we're all broken people on struggle buses, okay? Like, like that's what we are. And, 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 you know, we have churches that, that, that convey church as just something that's in your heart or something you can do in your car. You can't do that. The church is literally something that Jesus made. It was God's idea after Jesus ascended into heaven, what was created? The church. Why was it created? That a body of believers would do life together, that would get on fire, that would leave the building, that would leave the gathering place and lead people to Jesus. Like that was the point of the church is that all of these broken people would make up this beautiful picture of Jesus. One person can't do that. Let me give you a better example that you'll understand better. If you were to say to me, Pastor, I love you. I mean, like, you are amazing. Like, you're so awesome. Such, you're so funny. So funny. Such a great teacher. You got great hair. <laughs> your shirts are always oh, so nice. And your shoes. Like, I just don't get me talking about how sweet your shoes are. Pastor, I love you. But your wife. <laughs> Meh. Not so much. I don't like her at all, actually. And so this is what, this is what I would say to you. That, that's fine. I'm glad you like me. But my wife cuts my hair, picks out my shirt, <laughs> and buys my shoes. And that can be your opinion, but let me just tell you, we're not going to be friends. Because we're one. My wife and me are, are one. You, you can't separate us. And so you can love me and not like her. That's fine. We're not going to be friends and we're not going to do life together. The church is called the bride of Christ. It's literally Jesus' wife. 
And I'm so sick of people deluding of what the church is. The church is so important to God. It is literally Jesus' wife. He's literally going to return for the church. So it's important that you're part and planted in a church. I just want to remind you, Dalton Reisner's preaching next week. <laughs> and it's, it's sad that we're, we need to have this conversation, but we need to have this conversation. Because I want you to grow. I want you to mature. I want you to know this book for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Know it for yourself. If you have questions, man, go to one of our prayer partners today. Ask questions. Get into a life group. Ask one of our pastors. Ask questions about this book, but know it for yourself. Let's continue. Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews 5, 13 through 14 says this. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. So the Apostle Paul is, when you first come to know Christ and, and you're learning the foundational things of God, you're, you're on milk, right? The things of grace and love and forgiveness and redemption and why we should read the Bible. You're, you're learning. You're on, on milk. And, and here's the issue. Here's the issue. Let me give you this example. First service really liked it. If someone invited you over to their house, and they were, they were grown adults, okay? And you sat down, and they handed you this. And they're just like, you would say, honey, start the car. And I'll get the kids, right? Yet we have churches all over America that have been drinking milk for 20 or 30 years. And it's not their fault. It's because, listen, it's because the pastors are just okay with people showing up and drinking milk because we live in fear that nobody will show up the next week. Like, like, we're just not that much like Jesus, okay? Like, we're, we're not that confident to preach to 20,000 and the next week have 12, right? Like, and so we've gotten to this place in American church where we're just okay with people drinking babas for the rest of their life. But here's the issue with that is when something really bad happens, like a pandemic, and all of a sudden, the churches are shut down, and people have no idea how to read a Bible for themselves. They have no idea how to disciple their family and talk to their kids about Jesus. And what's happened is the church has just completely scattered. 33% right away said, we're done. The current statistic today, all across America, is about 60 to 65% of people have not come back to church. The churches are at 30 to 35% capacity right now without reservations, like without all that stuff. 
And it's because, look, look, we're the, the pastor of the fall. It's because we're just, man, we're okay with people drinking babas and, and just living on milk. And so, listen, listen, this is where we're going as a church. Listen, we're, we're going to have some milk, but most of the time it's going to be steak and hamburger, okay? Because the goal is to mature. And listen, if you're vegetarian, I can't help you, okay? <laughs> Paul just uses milk and meat, all right? Like, maybe some beyond meat, okay? <laughs> because I, my desire as your pastor is that you would grow. And are, some weeks you're just going to be like, I don't like him. Probably. For some of you, that's like every week. It's just like, why do I keep coming back to this place? Solid food is for those who are mature. Come on. We want, the maturity is the goal. Who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. This is why this is such a problem. Because the Apostle Paul isn't talking about worldly people. He's talking about Christians that don't know right from wrong. And, and this is why there's so much confusion in the church. It's because we have pastors that don't understand right from wrong. And, and, and here's the thing. Some of you are on a struggle bus because you get frustrated with people that don't know right from wrong. Listen, if they don't have Jesus, they have no shot of knowing what's right from wrong. And so stop expecting people who don't know Jesus to know right from wrong. We need to pray for those people. We need to pray that they have an encounter from God, a radical encounter with God. I'm going to give you a sneak peek of what we're going to talk about the next couple weeks, and then we're going to pray. Because there's, there's two things that stop us from maturing, and that's worry and complaining. These are two things, and, and these are sins, guys. These are sins. And these things that we don't think is sin, but they are. And they stop us from maturing in God. Because the, the promise and the favor and the purpose of God is not guaranteed in our lives. Now, love and grace and mercy and forgiveness, those things are guaranteed absolutely from God. But living in the promises, living in the favor, living in the blessings of God, they are not. And I'll prove it to you. It's called the Israelite. God had created this awesome place for him. I mean, awesome. A place of favor and blessing and resource and just amazingness. It's called the promised land. Not one of those people who originally were promised that promised land actually got to live in the promised land. They only sought from a distance. Every single one of them died in the wilderness. That's why it's so important that we... we we mature and we grow because God's got great things for you, but they're not automatic. Nicole talked about it a couple weeks ago. Obedience matters to God. Faithfulness matters to God. Listen, God's faithful. Like that's literally who he is. He's a faithful God, but we don't automatically get to step into everything that he has for us just because we're a child. 
We actually have to obey and be faithful. Because here's the thing, here's the thing. We don't let nine-year-olds drive cars unless you live on a farm, okay? Normal people don't let nine-year-olds drive a car. Why? Because they don't have the skills to drive a car. They don't don't really have the capacity to drive a car. Many times God needs us to learn the skills, to mature into the skills before we can step in to the great blessing that he has from his life for our lives. He's not being a mean God, he's being smart. Because some of us, if God just immediately blessed us with whatever vision or, or dream that we have in our life, we would, we would take that dream, it would be like a nine-year-old driving a car, okay? They would literally crash the car in about 30 seconds. And the reason why God isn't, we're, we're not stepping in, not because he's mean, because we would crash that dream into, the, into a tree. Maturity is the goal, okay? Growth is the goal. Don't be, don't be scared. Don't be intimidated by it. God has great things in store for our lives. I believe we're going to experience a great move of God. And every person in this room is going to be part of it. Why? Because God wants to supercharge your faith. He wants to do miracles in your life. He wants breakthrough in your life. He wants to see lost people that you thought never get saved, get saved. Like, that's the heart of God. That's why he wants us to mature. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes today as we respond. Maybe you'd say today, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus, and, and I need to say yes to him today. Or maybe you've been, man, you've just been caught up by the things of this world, which is so easy to do, and you've just drifted. You've gotten off course today. But today's the day. You're going to commit your life to Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to commit or recommit your life to Jesus today, just slip up a hand. I just want to pray with you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You can put your hands down. Thank you, Jesus. And I would just ask this morning that we'd all repeat this prayer as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing.